Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. My name is Brianna, and I am your author of this book and this Bible study. Congratulations on making it to day four of this week, especially in this crucial teaching on relationships. I believe relationship reconciliation is a very, very necessary and important foundation to every believer's life. People do not know how to do this. Relationships are always breaking up. Um, I was thinking last night about this. I was thinking that our inclination, like let's say you're talking to a friend and they just seem a little distant or off. Most people's first inclination is to think that person's mad at you or something's wrong with you and them. And um, most people are too prideful to even go there and say, are you okay? Are you doing all right? Is something wrong? I felt that you were a little um, uh, distant or upset. No, we usually just enter in a place of paranoia and assuming things. And growing up, one of the things my dad said constantly is assumption in a relationship is one of the fastest ways to have a big conflict or to have a relationship to self-destruct. If you're always assuming something, first of all, about the other person's intentions, about what they mean, about what's going on inside of their heart, it's very prideful to think like, I could read this person. In fact, I hear a lot of Christians (laughs) say, well, I have a gift from God. Like, I know. I just know things. You know what? Um, That is not how discernment from the Holy Spirit works because the Holy Spirit does not Um, take away our responsibility to communicate with one another in humility and love. He does not reveal to us everything about a person's soul. There are very few people in scripture. I mean, maybe Elijah, Jesus, um, even people like Abraham and David and the apostles did not know what other people were thinking 100% of the time or feeling. So do not assume because you feel inside that someone else has a feeling or a certain, or like you you feel that another person's mad at you. Do not assume that they are. Many times that kind of knowledge, quote unquote knowledge, is from the your fear rooted in your own personal pain from your past and the way that other people have hurt you. And then you're going to assume this person is going to hurt you as well. And we drag these kinds of things into into our marriages. We drag them into our workplaces. We assume everybody's like so-and-so who hurt me. Or if you've been hurt over and over and over, then you're going to assume everybody's out to get you. And um, we have very limited communication. We need to stop assuming things about people. And um, sometimes things are, you don't have to assume anything because somebody might just tell you something or do something that is very hurtful. And um, how do we respond to that? So it says in Ephesians 4 that we are to be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now this word gentle Um, if you're someone who's really spirited, you may be like, that's not me. I'm not a gentle person. I'm from a loud Italian family or I'm from a West Virginia family. We're just like this, you know, and I'm, I'm from West Virginia. So that's why I say that. Um, I'm just a strong woman. I just say what I think, you know, like 
you got that going on. Um, but the word for gentle is not weakness. It is meekness. Um, in the Greek, which expresses power with reserve. So this comes from the idea in the Greek of making a horse. So you've got this stallion. Yes, the stallion has the ability to run loose, run really fast all over, you know, the hills and, and you know, beautiful mane and, and shining in the, sh- in the sun and its muscles, sl- you know, shimmering as it runs. But literally, that horse that is unmeeked is a hundred percent using its strength and power for no good purpose except its own desire. But when a horse is meeked, it can do so much, whether it is um, work together with other horses, other animals, it can work together, it can work with human beings, it can be a powerful war horse, it can be a race horse, it can be a work horse, depending on its um, the way that it's built. And the meeking doesn't mean the horse isn't powerful. It means that the, the power of the horse is being channeled and funneled into a purpose and that it's holding back um, that like unbridled, literally unbridled power and passion. And so when we're gentle with someone, it doesn't mean you're a weak person. It means I'm choosing to interact with this person in a in a way of gentleness, in a way of kindness. I'm choosing to um, to let the Holy Spirit work in me. This is one of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says in scripture in Galatians, above these things, there is no law. So if you're going to live and walk in gentleness with other people, then you're going to take that hat. Maybe it's your heritage hat. Well, this is just how women and my family act towards men. This is just who we are. I can't help it. That's an unbridled um, passion, really. So you need to say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to be like Abraham and Sarah. They left Ur. Abraham and Sarah, you're like, Brianna, where are you going? You're totally on Abraham and Sarah right now. Yes, Abraham and Sarah left Ur to follow God. They left their family to go where the Lord wanted them to go. And sometimes we need to leave behind bad family habits of how we interact with our spouse or how we interact with other people and say, Lord, bring this hot-headed West Virginia girl under the control of your Holy Spirit. Teach me not to feel like I always have to get the last word in. My mom was always saying that, raising me. She was like, Brianna, you always have to get the last word in, don't you? (laughs) And it was true. I could not. I was compulsively always had to say the last word in any argument with my parents and um, maybe except my dad. I don't know. But with my mom, for sure, I was always, it was like this power thing. Like I was going to say it. You can't say anything back to me. You know, I'm going to be the last one, even if it was like one word. And as a school teacher, you see this happen all the time with students who have to get the last word in. Are we somebody who has to get the last word in or are we able to be submissive to one another? And I mean to anybody, because the scripture in Ephesians 5, we're going to get into this in um, week nine, says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We submit, that means I'm going to be like Jesus. And if Jesus 
if Jesus, <laughs> who has all the power and authority of the universe, I mean, it says in in First John, or it says in John, that all things were created through him. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. All things were created through him and for him. It says that in Colossians and by him. Yet he humbled himself to become a servant, to, to be beaten, to be wounded for our transgressions, to be bruised for our iniquities. He served us in our ugliness. And we have to say, Lord, you are my defender. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. It was his last words on the cross before he said, it is finished. He asked his father in heaven to forgive those who were injuring him. And some people are like, well, I don't want to be a doormat. Honey, I don't want to be a doormat either. This is not about being a doormat. This is about being a strong woman who has submitted her her heart, her desire, her feelings, um, her situation to the Lord and let God be in control of this and stop trying to manipulate it yourself by trying to manipulate other people and make them like you. Instead, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. The word patient means long suffering. So it means the ability to steadfastly walk through suffering by the power of the Holy Spirit without blowing your top, without failing, without because the Holy Spirit has given you the ability to wait. Patience is the ability to wait. I've also heard people say, don't pray for patience. You'll regret it. Honey, you need patience. <laughs> You're going to have struggles anyway. Pray for the Lord to give. What does patience mean? Patience means the ability to hold up under a trial and the ability to wait on someone, the ability to wait on God. And we all have trials. We all have to wait at some point. We might as well do it through the power of the Holy Spirit and not in our own strength, getting annoyed with um, things easily. Um, I'm starting to realize now in my in my marriage, and, and I've come so far. My marriage is, is so beautiful, um, but there was a time when it was not so beautiful. And um, now if I just start to feel the tiniest bit of annoyance, I know warning, 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 I'm not being patient, I'm not being kind. If I feel annoyed, I start to pray, Lord, and my husband does the same thing, Lord, please forgive me. I might be annoyed because I'm scared. I might be annoyed because I'm, because I just literally, usually it's pride. <laughs> I, I think I'm better than that person or that person isn't doing things the way I think it should be done. And, and then it requires an apology. You know, I say to my husband the other night, I just was kind of in a bad way. I just had some things on my mind and I was a little irritable towards him. And, and as we went to bed, I, I said, I'm sorry. I, have been irritable. Will you please forgive me? Um, you know, I'm not just going to pretend it didn't happen and be like, well, he should know better. He should know that I'm irritable. How would I want him to treat me um, if he's irritable towards me? Would I want him to just be like, she needs to put up with it? No, I want to treat him with grace and respect the way I would want to be treated with grace and respect the way that Jesus respected us. So, um, yes. So there are conflicts in in life, there are times where there's conflicts. And if you have a conflict, it doesn't mean that something is wrong with you or something's 
wrong with your marriage or your situation, sometimes there's necessary conflict. And then praying, Lord, help me to be patient in that. Help me to be humble in that conflict. Help me to be gentle while this is getting resolved. For example, if you have a a child who's an adult um, or a teenager that is um, struggling with drugs or dabbling with drugs or in drugs, I'm not saying that you should just be like, oh, whatever, do whatever you want. You know, there's a way to address a conflict in a loving way, firmly, with patience and humility and um, and God's grace. So God's grace doesn't make you a doormat, but it does make you someone full of self-control and mercy because Christ is our example. Christ is who we compare ourselves to. We don't compare ourselves to the world or even to our spouse or to the person we're having a conflict with. Okay, so I'm going to leave you with that today as you do your study today, handling necessary conflict and love. So I'm going to sign off and we'll see you tomorrow for week six, day five. <music>